This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Local productions seen on Delta College Public Media are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doan's A Spark. I'm Junior Doan. Today joining me is Doug Willette, president of the visualization and marketing company, Lunatech 3D. Welcome, Doug. Doug, tell us all about Lunatech 3D. We are a uh, visualization uh, marketing company. I started back in 2008. I started by uh, creating a couple of 3D models uh, related to my family history because I'm a big genealogist and got to the point where I was modeling my entire downtown. And I thought this is a really cool way of, of telling a story visually about our downtown community. So I got uh, contacted by Google, um, said, hey, we, we've seen what you're doing in your area. We'd like to talk to you about how to you know, keep going with this. Uh, we're not offering you a job, but uh, we like what you're doing. So I started working with them and we started populating Google Earth together. Um, I was one of, you know, hundreds probably. Um, but just actually thousands of people that were contributing 3D models to the, the, the landscape. And over time, we did a lot of virtual, uh, we did a lot of 3D modeling we got into doing uh, virtual tours using Google Street View technology. So we were a trusted photographer for Google that we published tours to people's Google business listing. And then we became the drone company and then we became the Matterport company. What we realized over time is, you know, we are visual storytellers. It doesn't matter what the technology is. We always start with what is the story and what is it what's the idea, what's the concept, what's the product you're trying to get across to other people. And then we'll back into technology in terms of, okay, this may be the best tool to tell the story. When I, when I did the story up uh, the, the, the Rotary Talk um, up in Midland, I was using a variety of technologies. I was telling kind of the Superman story, the history of the, the two teenagers who created Superman. And we, we did that with, you know, Google tours. We did it with aerial drone uh, panoramic tour, you know, views from the sky. We did it with 3D Matterport tours. We did it with video. We did it with pictures. It's how do you take all those different technologies and get them to play together in a single user user experience that makes sense 
and you're not forcing someone to jump around from, oh, if I want to see that video, I have to go to YouTube. But if I want to see that photo, I have to go to my Google Photos. Or if I want to see this, I have to go somewhere else. How can you put that all together through one interface that kind of helps not only set the stage for the story, but maybe even add something a little bit to the story to give them the user more of an immersive experience about what they're learning about? And I can speak to that because I was in the audience when you spoke to our morning rotary here in Midland about Superman and who designed it and their lives. So I am, I'm hoping we can work out where you give the program again for, for our audience. So worthwhile seeing. Anyway, what sure. is your background? I went to school for computer science uh, with the, uh, in, went to Central Michigan, uh, Fire Up Chips. And um, after that, I went as a programmer. I worked for the Electronic Data Systems, um, EDS, and worked for them as a programmer uh, doing client server applications for a number of years. And then I started working um, with the family business. I slowly, methodically got sucked back into the family business through my father, and uh, he was running a chain of newspapers. So I helped him with that for a while. And then um, finally got to the point where I said, Dad, love you more than anything, but newspapers are not going to support my family going forward. And so mm -hmm. I started a company where we do the visualization services. But there's some part of you that really likes the, um, the personal, or as you say, the story. Uh, it almost preceded that if you were doing family history, yes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the story. I always, always tell people, you know, we can use the technology to help, kind of help set the stage and, and put the props on the stage, but that's not the whole story. That's just giving people a frame of reference about, okay, what goes on in this space? You know, what, what is this all about? It, it's, the, it's the personal aspect. And, and just because someone, I always tell people, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, if you're doing a virtual tour or an interactive thing for your site, just because that's the latest technology, you know, and you don't figure out a way to help tell your story using that technology, it's just cool technology and that's all it is. So it's part of it when I work with clients is helping them, okay, yes, we can do these different, you know, media play, these different technology plays for you. How is this going to help you put more butts in the seats if you're a theater or, you know, sell more product, you know, off your store, give people a more engaging experience of say, yeah, I really want to go there. I want to experience that in the real world. So that's what we do with, with my company. I've noticed in myself um, a change in time perception um, mm -hmm. as a result of, you name it, but I get impatient now when I have to look at videos. I've been like, speed it up. What's the point? Yep. Uh, what, is the, what is the optimum for an introductory length uh, that you, you think right now for an introductory uh, of a town or a business? What, what attention span do people have, working people have? Yeah, sure. Probably three to five seconds. I mean, if you can't get them, I, I always tell people when I, when I talk to about the virtual tours, if I can't get you the aha moment of I get it within 10 to 12 seconds, then this may be not the best fit for you because that's about how much time 
you have in, in it's less than that in terms of getting someone's attention and then getting them to say hmm okay tell me more you know so I always I do this little drill where I say okay you know uh, give me 10 seconds if I can't get you to the aha moment within 10 seconds then let, let's 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 stop the conversation so I say okay the, the clock starts when you get to google.com okay you ready yep yep I'm there okay go type in a name of a restaurant like E.G. Nick's Plymouth Michigan I said you see that little picture over on the right hand side that immediately pops up yeah I see that I said click on that I said okay now are you are you standing in the middle of their restaurant and you're looking at their bar yep I said okay now can you spin around and see what their restaurant looks like yep okay that's it you know so it's it's people have a very short attention span you know they want to be entertained you know and how do you take educational content you know turn it and, and make it entertaining with which they call edutainment you know how, how do you get someone to teach them something but keep their interest and keep them engaged uh, so I I hear you but it's once you're engaged in that three to five to ten second initial is then there also I'm guessing but I'm asking is there a now step two time limit? Will they give you another five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? What, what have you learned? It, it depends on the type of, um, you know, what it is you're, you're selling. You know, if you're a small business owner and you've got a small store, you know, you may not have aisles and aisles and aisles of, of product to sell. You know, maybe it's a service you're providing. So it's gonna depend on, you know, the business. But again, you, you want to be able to have something to get their attention and take them to the next step of the experience. You know, what are, okay, now that you've got them in the, in, in the space, what is it you can tell them about the space that's going to keep them engaged, you know? And you get to the next level of, okay, yes, now they're engaged, they're spending enough time in here that they're clearly interested in about this. What are the call to actions that you can put in there? Like, okay, I want, now we, you know, pick up the phone, send us an email, um, you know, click on, you know, something to, to let us know that you're still engaged with, with what we're, what, you know, what we're selling. How is, how is this approach different from what other businesses are offering in the field? In terms of like media? I'm not sure. I'm hoping you'll teach me. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's Mark, it's, it's visualization and it's marketing. Um, so like if, if someone says you know th there's a we, we do a variety of different services you know and if someone says okay well i want a google tour can you do that yeah we can do that you know yeah can you do this can you do that what we specialize in is the ability to bring a variety of technologies to the table to help them tell their story so and, and we don't do you know sem search engine mar you know marketing um optimize your websites. Uh, we don't develop websites. I typically work with strategic partners that are, you know, have that specialty. But what we do is we provide engaging content that keeps, pe it's, we call it sticky content, that keeps people engaged and hopefully gets them to that next, you know, level of experience that you're trying to drive them through. And how do you help them with store development? We'll typically sit down with them and talk about, you know, again, what is, who is your end customer? What is the story that you're trying to tell? 
and and just like anything else let's let's kind of storyboard that out of the, the the different phases of you know exposure to an engagement to you know call to action to actually you know close a sale so we will sit down with them and, and kind of go through the, the migration of what you know here's typically what a user experience would be on your website what do you want to have happen now what do you want you know what are the different phases that you want to of your story that you want to get out to the customer do you ever find that doing one of these actually repels business because now they've seen it they don't want to do it i've had customers who said to me um well i don't want to do this because then if they see this then then they there's no reason for them to call me i'm like okay you know um or i i don't want to i don't want to do this because then it gives people access to my store and everybody can see what I have to offer and someone could come in and rob me because they, you know, they've seen what I have in my store. Okay. Maybe this isn't for you, but yeah. I, mean, I thought, I thought that was the whole point of getting as much exposure to what you have to offer out there to the world as possible. So I don't know if you work with young people or you went through it yourself. But social media and access to information is so much more pervasive than family, neighborhood, and school and church. Um, what advice would you have to keep human, the human element, so to speak, in, in a world where technology is necessary and esteemed? Yeah, it, it's all about the, the personal relationship. I mean, it's all about the face-to-face, the -face, you know, um, getting finding a way to get yourself into that technology in the middle of it you know so again if if we're setting the stage for okay here's my beautiful showroom that's nice that doesn't tell me anything about you do i like you do i like what you're selling you know people aren't going to buy something you know on a personal basis you know in, unless they like you first so my advice to them always is let's get something in the middle of that technology that brings you into the equation because it is that personal touch. What do you think people are interested that makes it personal? They want to know that they're being, that you have their best interest in mind, that you, you know, you're interested in, in what, you know, is this going to be a, the right product for them? Um, they just like that personal touch. It, it's again, technology is great, but it's, it's, it's not going to replace, you know, people. I, I read a thing the other day talking about how, you know, artificial intelligence is just going to replace so many jobs. You know, I made it, had to make a call the other day to the cable company, you know, and their, their automated system. It was like you tolerate that for about 10 seconds and you're like, nope, operator, you know, op representative. Just get me someone that I can talk to that I can, you know, tell them what my problem is, what my concern is, and then hopefully they can relate to me and they can help me solve my problem. So technology is great in helping people, but it's not going to replace people. And if people think it is going to replace people, then I think they're heading down the wrong path. So I read in your bio, we're all going to be wearing headsets soon, or at least comfortable with them. Is that what uh, Zuckerberg is trying to promote? Yeah, he thinks we're all, or not really. we're all going to exist in the metaverse. And, and again, I think there are plays, there, there's ways that that can be a benefit. But it, it's, it's, 
again, he, he's put too much technology in between people and it becomes a major barrier to, to complete something. So there are, there are going to be uses for the metaverse, you know, and metascapes and, you know, individual, um, individual metascapes. But again, it, it's not going to replace the, the, the person to person interaction. What I, I'm thinking is do people need to be taught to relate after computerizing their life? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I just could say personally, I, after the lockup because of the virus, I was comfortable at home. You know, oh, great. Let's do this. I made a new life. Da, 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 da. And when I started to go out again, it felt really strange, you know, different. Like I hadn't laid down a new habit when it wasn't a new habit. It was just a recollection of what some small part of my life I did before. But just being incarcerated, um, I, I noticed in myself. So I'm just posing the question, if you get a lot of technology, do you have to also self-monitor that making sure that you're going to have or seek to have uh, relationships, as they call it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, the COVID was actually, at the very beginning, was really harmful to our, you know, our, our, our business model, you know, quickly closed down, like the rest of the world. But then over time, when people realized, hey, this technology can help me get more information quicker, then since then, our, our business has been booming. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, we started kind of just on the marketing aspect of things, but it's all the different ways that technology can help the person-to-person -person interaction. It can help with training of individuals um, it can help with uh, management of vendors that are coming on site. It's a tool to be used between two people interacting with each other. It's not necessarily a technology that's just interacting with, with the end customer. What would you say that, uh, or let me tell you my bias. I, I think we teach a lot of things to people inadvertently or purposefully, but I don't. Mm -hmm knows that we make an effort to teach them to listen and comprehend and therefore understand even if you agree or disagree with the person and i think i notice in myself with technology i find text that's what my daughter likes to do. text text but it has no depth you can get it for a joke you can get it for arrangements but you can't tell the nuanced voice in the text the way anyway, right. I imagine the young people will not say that. But uh, my daughter told me the other day she doesn't talk to anybody on the phone. You know, well, that's not a good sign. You know, I mean, they text right. all the time, but where's the anyway? I guess I'm I'm asking you now. So, how would you like your business to be in say five ten years? Can you see technically what's coming? Yeah, I mean, I see it that what they call a digital twin of your business, you know, a, a virtual rep, a replica of your business that you can use to share with other people is going to be an integral part of, you know, everyone's business. I, I heard a, a, a talk not too long ago. They talked about, you know, back in, you know, 75 years ago, if, if you didn't have a phone in your business, you know, people say, what are you doing? Like, are you, you know, and, and by the, the 
you know, the 90s, if you didn't have a website, people would say to you, really, you're in business, but you don't have a website? They're saying that with the next generation of in engagement with, with people, you know, whether you call it Web 3.0 or whatever, it's basically, you know, do you have a digital replica of your business that you can use for all kinds of different things? Again, to communicate with someone else, not to replace communication, but to help facilitate better communication between people. Interesting. It's like you, you using one of those watermark, you photograph it and it tells you everything about what you need to know about the person, the business. Well, were you technical growing up? Were your parents involved in anything like that? I've always had that type of personality where I want to take the watch apart and see how it works. And um, so I've always had that like aspect of my personality where I want to, you know, hey, that's a really nice watch. Can I can I skip for a minute? Do you mind if I take it apart? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I've always had a passion for technology. I always had a passion for history. Um, so those are all things that kind of factored into the, the direction that the business has gone over the past couple of years. So I learned I have to, very early on when Apple II came out and we had one for our daughter, uh, you had to fill in, you learn to spell by filling in Hangman or something. My way of doing it wasn't their way. So I learned right away that it doesn't matter what my way is. What matters is I have to think like the person who programmed uh, the issue. Are there any tips of, of when you're in the middle of not understanding anything to put your mindset into the the programmer's mind? Yeah, you, you have to be able to appeal to the different ways that people learn. You know, some people are primary visual learners. Um, some people are more, you know, auditory is their primary sense. Um, so it you have when you're planning your marketing, you have to appeal to all the different senses, you know, don't just make it nice, pretty pictures, um, you know, ha have audio that's interact, you know, in that so that they can listen to it and see it. You know, if you can appeal to more senses, the better are you are, the, the more likely you are to connect with them. But you get along really well with people, don't you? I'm pretty introverted. Um, I've, I'm the INTP type personality. Um, and I is for introvert, um, but I, I get a, I, I think I can communicate decently with people. Um, I'm also perfectly happy just communicating with technology, which is not, not as my wife will tell you, not always the greatest thing, but, um, how did you make can... yourself more interactive, less introverted on command? You just push myself to be in more social, uh, settings. The, the technology, um, I used to always just like hand it off to someone else and say, okay, you, you go interact with that person. Um, but you just have to push yourself, you know, push the envelope and make, put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And that's how anybody will learn. And uh, which helps you the most? Was it group things or one-on-one? As you were probably trying to become one -on -one. more outgoing? Yeah, yeah, probably more one-on-one, -on -one, the ability to com communicate directly with someone and, and kind of see what's sinking in and what's not. Um, then you can adjust, you know, how you're, you're, you're interacting based on that. Do you like listening better than talking? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you have a rich inside life? Rich inside life? Yeah, do you ponder about things? Oh, I spend, more time, I, I spend far too much time in my head. I, far, I spend more time in my head than anywhere else, and that's not always a good thing either. Interesting. I'm an introvert too, and I, I, well, I, I wouldn't exactly say full, but there's a lot of me that's just very happy reading. <laughs> and I, I can entertain myself really well. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is wonderful, but also um, the importance of close friends is undeniable. And Absolutely. For all kinds of branches, activities. What were the values your family brought you up with? Hard work. Um, you know, treat people like you want to be treated. Um, leave things better the way, than the way you found them. Um, care about people. Care about what, you know, experience they're going through. Try to change your paradigm more often. You know, put yourself in their shoes and try to, to have a better understanding of what they're going through. Good for your parents. Those are wonderful values. Um, and it's nice that you give them credit too. I, I will say, uh, do you have children? Yes, I have two. And, and uh, they're growing up in a different world. I always remember thinking when I was growing up that, well, it worked in my grandparents, Time, but that was horse and buggy days, and now you know it isn't. But then I found out that was the technology change of the day. But yep. humans are human, at least in the American system. So I revere them and what I, I learned from them, which was not horse and buggy, but people and values. And um, I uh, and accountability. My grandfather was head of a bank and in the 30s, well thought of. It was out of town and the rumor started the bank couldn't pay, not unlike, you know, current thoughts. And so it failed. And But he worked years, years, decades to pay back every single person who lost, the no insurance, you know, that kind of thing, who lost money. And the reason I know that is in my lifetime, he was still paying, you know, working and sending money uh, back. And I, I think that taught me that uh, a very high level of responsibility is a way to live. Um, just take, take it on. Not, not everything is perfect and not everything goes your way. Anyway, thank you for That's being for sure. here so much. We've learned a lot that introverts excel in technology and imagination, but in your case, you never forgot the importance of the story, as you say, and the human dimension of being trusted in what you do. And I celebrate that. Thank you. Go out and do something kind for someone you know and someone you don't know and do it again every day. See you next time. Thank, Thank you, you Doug. To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones the Spark.
Local productions seen on Delta College Public Media are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.